Hey, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Recruiting Insight. This is the place to be if you want to connect with the most successful recruiters, hiring managers, and innovators in the real estate industry. Hey, it's a great day to recruit, and uh, today, Lori Burrell from Howard Hanna is going to stop by and talk with us about some of the great recruiting work that she's done during her career. If you've not met Lori, prepare to be amazed. She has pretty much done it all. For the first 18 years of her career, she was a full-time high-performing realtor. She started and ran two successful teams. She then started and ran her own brokerage before being selected to lead the first Keller Williams office in the Cleveland metro area. In 2015, she joined Howard Hanna, one of the most prominent real estate brands in Ohio and Pennsylvania and New York and well, pretty much everywhere, as the Director of Strategic Growth. Altogether, she's been in the real estate industry for 35 years, and I think we're going to learn a lot today. Well, hey, Lori, thanks so much for joining us today. We're super excited to have you on the podcast. I know our listeners are wanting to uh, really hear uh, about your story. You have such a varied uh, background uh, when it comes to recruiting and real estate. And uh, But the first question is, you've been doing this 35 years. So, uh, I mean, did you start when you're like 10? I mean, you, you do not look like you've been doing this for 35 years. No, I didn't. I started uh, when I was 23 years old and I had I was pregnant with my first son. And oh. so... He is Ben and he is 35 years old. So I always know how long <laughs> I've been in real estate because I know how old my oldest son is. So well, that's, a, that's a good benchmark. So about 60% of my life, but I've been in real estate, but not all of it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's been a while. And just a, a quick story just on how Lori and I met. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Recruiting Insight, uh, we write a, a daily email uh, that goes out to, uh, to um, a lot of different uh, owners and managers. And Lori and I met through that venue. Uh, she was a she was a reader of the Re Recruiting Insight Daily recruiting email, and then uh, we started having some dialogue. And uh, I'm super happy that uh, we got to build a build a relationship over the last couple of years, just on uh, on recruiting and some of the great things that uh, that you've done. So um, so can you just give us a little bit to, to start here, just kind of a summary of uh, some of the things that you've done in your career, and and especially from the recruiting perspective, so people can get get an idea. Sure. So um, I've been a realtor. I have grown a realtor team. I've been a team leader in a very large franchise office, uh, specifically KW. And now I work for an, the executive team for one of the uh, largest independently owned companies in the country. Okay. So, so, uh, um, so really, uh, each of those situations that you were in, you know, really has a different. Uh, kind of focus when it comes to recruiting, you know, each one, each organization does, if you're growing a team or you're growing an office or you're working in a large organization. Uh, so, so um, what are some of the differences that you kind of noticed over the years of, uh, of one versus others are commonalities or is there kind of each one tends to be unique? I think there was a lot of commonality going from being an agent and having to lead generate as an agent to the parallel of stepping into a leadership management role and having to recruit people to your team and to your office. So the, the lead generation part is, is pretty much the same. You're still doing the same activity. I was just looking for agents instead of looking for listings. 
That's interesting. You, that, that's uh, I, I've not heard too many people like make that connection. I, um, I, I hear it in coaching sometimes that, that that people who, particularly new managers, who come into an organization, um, to have to lean upon those skills. But you you feel like there's a there's just a strong connection between those two, huh? I feel like um, yes. I had to do a lot of prospecting for the um, recruiting that we needed to do. We started a office with 10 agents and we had to grow that as quickly as possible. We were in a market that no one had ever heard of us. So it was very much a, you know, Keller who situation. Uh. And um, I really needed to step into a recruiting position that I had never done before. So I just decided I need to do it the same way I did my lead generation, figure out what types of resources there were out there to get those leads. And then get really good at two or three or four of those recruiting resources, come up with a plan for each one of them, time block in order to do it, and then just was really focused on what I needed to do every month in order to, um, I mean, our, our minimum requirement was was six to 15 agents a month, and it was very adamant that that had to be what your performance level was. So it was uh, it was a lot of pressure, but I just you know, was very, um, really wanted to succeed and we needed to because we needed to get to profitability as soon as possible. I was the, uh, when we opened our doors, I was the, the the top producing agent and we took me out of production and moved me into the team leader role. So I needed to, you know, make up the production that, that we were missing from me being a non-competing manager. And it just required a lot of focus and and doing uh, a lot of different things and figuring out what worked and what didn't work, and just just keep doing it over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So let's let's frame this up a little bit. So so uh, I, I know a little of this background, but the, for the you know the manager, everyone else listening. So so we're talking about a Keller Williams office. So you'd already been an agent for a number of years. You'd already started and 18, ran a couple. Eighteen teams. years, full time agent. Okay, uh, eighteen years. So, so definitely had a had that experience. Um, had some had, had grown a. Or at least I think you started a team uh, before that, or a couple teams inside of the in that eighteen years. Is that right? I had spent uh, ten years at Remax, so very familiar with that business model. And my uh, broker one day just said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go in a different direction. If you want to work for my private." My private company, you're you're welcome to, and I opted not to, and I opened up my own small little brokerage at that time because I really didn't, I, I just didn't want to go to any of the other brands that were in my market area. So I thought, well, I'll just do my own thing for a while and see how this works. And uh, it just happened that one of the agents that worked for me that I was mentoring and training uh, knew somebody that was uh, affiliated with Keller Williams on the east side of Cleveland, which is about an hour from my market area. And mm-hmm. she asked if I would go meet with them. And I was like, sure. And, you know, she says, well, they want me to meet with them, but I'm not going without my broker. So would you come with me? So I did. And I went into the room and, and you know, quickly identified that there were quite a few people in that room that I had done real estate with that were um, you know, very um, highly respected people in the industry and just became very interested in how their business model worked. Okay. So eventually we merged my small um, brokerage in with them, knowing that we would be uh, opening and launching a office on the west side of Cleveland. Okay, so we did that with a small group of investors with myself being one of them. 
Gotcha. So when you have your own money involved, you really want to succeed very quickly. <laughs> uh, it does make a difference, doesn't it? So so it sounds like uh, just from what we just talked to before, you started this this process, the KW process with about 10 agents, right? Yep. Um, yep. And then you grew this to, to how big was it by the time, you know, over what time period this happened and how, how big did you grow to with the, with the KW office? So I stayed in the team leader role and and originally that wasn't the intent. I was just going to be an agent and an investor and we couldn't really find the right fit for that position. Mm-hmm. So I volunteered to do it on a, you know, to do it temporarily until we found the right person. And that temporary position ended up being just shy of four years. So okay. in that four year period, we, um, as I stepped back, we had 190 agents in the office. Okay. So, so that's, I'm gonna let that sink in a little bit. So, so uh, most people who are listening today, that's that's not even something that they really. It's like, what the heck? Okay, so uh, so you started at ten agents. Four years later, you have one hundred ninety agent. We know that uh, you know a lot of real estate companies bring people in, lose them. To be able to net, uh, you know, one hundred eighty agents in four years is remarkable. So uh, so let's dig into that a little bit. What uh, um, obviously that means recruiting uh, at, the, at the base level. So. <laughs> So, what were some of the processes here? What the what was what was your methodology if, if, to make that kind of growth happen? So, it was a team effort. I can't take all the credit. Obviously, you know you have a, a staff and um, and other investors and your own agents. So it was it was a team effort. But when I think about you know that time and how we did it. Uh, it was very purposeful and very focused recruiting activities. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, we had a huge desire to succeed. And um, and it was much like the lead generation that I had been accustomed to as an agent. I time blocked and I made sure that that lead generation happened every morning. And my afternoons I saved for appointments. Um, and it was just... I mean, I had an accountability partner. I had a coach. The coach was critical because I knew that, you know, every morning they were going to ask me what's going on today, you know, who you're calling, who are you meeting with? And then I knew every evening I was going to have a follow-up call saying, how did those, how did your calls go? How did your appointments go? Um, so there was a lot of collaborative effort between the, uh, you know, my partners and, you know, what, what was happening the uh, the agents were coming on board, um, and as they were coming on board, they also needed trained. So I had to step into that training role as well, and then you know be there, you know, coach them up to their highest level. So there was a lot of different hats that I was wearing in addition to the recruiting. Um, it was critical to leverage as much as I could, and I tend to want to have control of everything. So eventually, I said, okay, I'm going to burn out really quickly if I don't leverage some of these things. So the things that, you know, aren't directly related to building those relationships with the agents, I, you know, finally just leveraged off to my team, the behind the scenes things. We ran a very lean uh, office. So there wasn't a lot of us, but there was enough of us to make sure that we could hit our recruiting goals every month, which were, you know, we, we needed about 10 or 12 agents a month to, uh, to fall through the funnel. Okay, so so uh, so what I'm hearing is we have we have uh, a lot of focus, 
uh, and you have a lot of uh, either self-accountability or even accountability from a coach in this sense. So what would be the average? So if we want 10, 10 agents a month, let's say that that was your, your um, how many appointments did you need to set uh, and have? How many times do you need to meet with somebody uh, during the average week in order to make all that happen? So um, at that time, interestingly enough, we were just moving into when the market was really shifting. So the new licensees were a little scarce as compared to the co-broke agents that were already in the market. So there wasn't as many new people getting into the market. So it was a majority of co-broke recruiting, which I think is the most difficult for all of us to do. So it just started out with building relationships over and over and staying in touch with people. And um, the conversion rates were interesting because we had to track our calls and then we would track our calls from calls to appointments, appointments to hires. And, um, and I realized over time that if I had four appointments a week, I would have definitely four recruits a month or four hires a month. If I had, um, you know, five appointments a week, I would have five hires a month, sometimes more than that. I mean, that was what we figured our average was as far as the the conversions. Um, Sometimes it was more than that. But I really tried to have um, two appointments a day, four days a week. Okay, so I'm not very good at math here. But I think that that works out to be at the the four a week turns into four a month, that's going to be a 25% conversion rate on your appointments. So, but your metric, so that's that's uh, that's similar to what we've seen in other markets. So it really tells me that the lead measure being that appointment is, is so critical, uh, and it's you've got to have that appointment. But uh, um, so your your metric though for yourself was was how many uh, a day for appointments? Was it two? two? I would have two. an appointment at one o'clock and three o'clock. Okay. And my agents would know that. My staff would know that. So. I, I was a open door manager. You can come in anytime with the exception of when I was doing my lead generation. So when I would do that in the morning, which would typically be, you know, nine, 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 10, nine to 11, a couple hours, whatever, you know, however much time I needed to get things done that morning, my door would be closed and I would have a sign on the door that said, I'm searching for talent. Uh, and I would, you know, have some fun little, um, actors or actresses on there or something so they understood and over time my my agents were just like cool she's doing her lead generation and then sometimes I would have a sign on there I'm lead generating for talent why aren't you (laughs) you know just to remind them hey you guys should be lead generating too Uh, but over time the agents you know appreciated what I was contributing to building their office and they would just wait, you know, I would say, I'll be available at 1030 or 11, and they would, you know, come back in. And then one o'clock, three o'clock, I typically would have someone in my office um, that, you know, I'm having a business consultation. I never really called it a recruiting appointment. It was always, let's get together and talk about what's going on in your business. I'd love to maybe give you some ideas that might help you um, take your business to the next level. Let's see what we can come up with. And the whole conversation was all about their business. I was able to develop a really nice list of solid questions that allowed me to navigate the conversation without ever saying anything about the company. You don't really have to bring up your company because eventually they will. They always do. Interesting. Interesting. 
That's uh, um, so. So what I what I hear just as we just to kind of boil this down is is you were very focused on lead generation in the morning. You had a quota for yourself of two appointments a day, uh, and and really you knew if you'd actually consistently do that that you were eventually going to get your 10, 12 hires a, a month to go. Absolutely, okay. it's just a it's just a process. It's just a formula, and if you do the work, uh, you know the the results do come. Okay. That's awesome. That's just awesome to hear. And I think it's um, it's just a testament to uh, um, uh, to following a system. Right. And then and, and staying focused on what results that you actually want. And if you put your your mind and your focus there, it actually can. Uh, it does turn into results as, as you've proved. Well, let's uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk about some of your work at uh, Howard Hanna. So um, for those of you who don't know how who Howard Hanna is, uh, uh, I don't think there's too many out there, but uh, they're the fifth largest uh, real estate company uh, in the country. Um, uh, Lori came on as their director of strategic growth in 2015, and uh, they've done a heck of a lot of growing since then. They now have uh, 13,000 agents and uh, almost 500 locations. So, uh, and a lot of that growth happened uh, in the last uh, six, seven, eight years. So, uh, so what can you tell us about recruiting? And I know some of this, obviously, a lot of this growth happened through acquisition, but uh, uh, but that, you still have to recruit. So, what have you learned at uh, Howard Hanno in your time there with uh, about recruiting? So it was a little bit, um, you know, more of a traditional business model at Howard Hanna. So I had to switch gears a little bit and look at recruiting a little differently. The way they were um, approaching recruiting prior to my joining them was every individual sales manager was responsible to grow their office and, you know, produce profit for their office. And I was really um, brought on board with the intent to help them build their recruiting systems how to build a recruiting pipeline, how to increase their recruiting skill set, um, you know, different scripts and dialogues that they could use to get the appointment. I wrote a curriculum to, um, uh, it was called Recruiting with Purpose, and, and it was a two-day recruiting seminar that really helped them um, hone their recruiting skills. Um, I dealt with the real estate schools that were a good resource for us for the new agents. And, um, you know, it's really, I felt like it was pretty easy for them to bring on the new agent because we do have an exceptional training, uh, you know, training uh, team and uh, department. And so people are very attracted to that as a new agent. The, uh, the managers needed a little more focus on how to bring those co-broke recruits. And uh, so, so I focused a lot on that, um, focused a lot on helping them build corporate campaign or campaigns from the corporate side. So, um, you know, put your list together and then I would take their list and I would put together a recruiting campaign that had multiple facets to it, different types of touches from emails to e-cards to direct mail to text messages, direct phone calls, and, uh, and, you know, continually trying to become top of mind for when that agent, you know, the day comes when they think about making a move. I mean, yeah. the whole uh, concept behind recruiting was you just want to be the first person they think of when they think, oh, today I might want to talk to another broker. So right. if everything you do puts you in that position to be top of mind when they think about making a move, then you have the best opportunity to get in front of them. 
Yeah. So, so, um, so, so you went from basically uh, being at that that first level in the trenches, uh, hashing it out to okay, now I'm going to be at the next level up. And obviously, you've had a lot of success there because Howard Hannes continued to grow uh, pretty successfully. So, uh, so it's interesting that um, you know there is a holistic sort of approach to this that's necessary, uh, particularly with the bigger brands and bigger companies that uh, really can put you sounds like in an advantageous spot, so that uh, when someone does want to make a move, then then you're the person that they're calling. Let's uh, let's switch gears to then a little bit to retention, because uh, um, I think there's a lot of companies uh, like Howard Hanna uh, who um, you know, are, are recruiting is so important and critical, but also the, the retention side of it is just, you know, if you're losing people out the other side, you know, it becomes a problem with acquisitions, with the number of acquisitions that Howard Hanna has done. Uh, you know, retention is always an issue around those issues, uh, around those um, uh, those things. So, so with that, uh, what are some of the retention techniques that uh, re- uh, that Howard Hanna has developed and been successful with, uh, especially in light of these acquisitions? So we we do grow by acquisitions, but we also grow organically. Um, I I have an office in my region that I oversee that started with four agents. There were four agents in that area that wanted to be with Howard Hanna. We had no offices there. Um, so that office has grown um, pretty much one agent at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, with I feel like our managers have a really good pulse on the needs of their agents. And they understand that their upper quartile is a group of you know high-producing agents that just need to know that they have someone to go to when they need them. And um, and then your middle quartile needs a little more effort. They need more business planning, more ideas on how to take their business to the next level. And then the lower quadrant is, of course, the you know the group of agents that really need the handholding. And I think our managers do a really good job of getting them up and running and in production and making money as quickly as possible. So that creates a, a loyalty factor, and they become engaged in our culture. And I think uh, that's one of the best things about the company is the culture and um, every office has, you know, its own, um, its own personality, I guess, because every agent or every manager has their own personality. We have a great team and they're responsive and they're effective. And, um, and we have a great uh, state President Chris Burdick, she's um, very strong, and the rest of our leadership team, which are our regional managers, we collaborate very well together, and we're you know very much helping each other with the the uh, the retention situation because sometimes uh, I've been called in on many retention uh, meetings where hey this person is thinking about making a move okay let Lori sit down and talk to them. And um, and so we work as a group and we, you know, wrap our arms around everybody and make sure that they have what they need and they have the training. We have an amazing um, technology tools and we know that if the agents use them or use certain ones that their production will increase by uh, statistically, we have tracked it to as much as 33%. So if they're using our tools and they're engaged in our culture, and our management team has wrapped their arms around them. There's not really any reason to leave or to go anywhere else. So, so, uh, and I, I, what I'm hearing you say is, is uh, you know, there's all these different models out there. There's, there's always going to be somebody that comes along with something that's, uh, you know, 
shiny and new and different and and uh but but the the big piece of this that underlines uh retention really is the culture of the company and the connection with the people that uh they're already engaged within their company is that right i would say yes okay and also i mean even at the end there you said that you know Obviously, you have to have great technology. Obviously, it has to have a financial model that makes sense. Uh, those those are kind of givens. Uh, we don't want to ask agents to do something stupid. Uh, but at the same time, all things being somewhat equitable, uh, the culture, the connection, the um, really what you guys have built allows you to retain, sounds like, a, a good many of those agents that you are recruiting. Yes. All right. Well, as we wrap up today, I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, um, uh, companies out there, we, we have a lot of uh, um, people who listen to the podcast who are, are either team leaders or they're individual brokers. So if we go you know, back into your history a little bit, you know, you've been in that role a couple of times. If you were in that role today, so if you just, uh, you know, you had four or five agents, uh, I guess in, you have one in your in your region right now. But uh, um, if you had one, if that was you were in one of those situations, what, what advice would you give uh, those those folks that are trying to to uh, um, get over that chasm of uh, getting out of production, right? Most of these people are in that role or selling still. They need to get out of production. They need to get the place where they can recruit and focus on really growing an office. What, what type of advice would you give them at this point? So they're transitioning from agent to, or agent? Agent to the manager, to the to the. Okay. Act- uh, uh, you know, to the actual, hey, I want to be out of production. I'll be running an office. I'm going to be focused on recruiting and, and, and the, everything that goes along with managing an office. So I had to do that, obviously, because I was yeah. in production and then became the team leader and a non-competing manager. Um, so first of all, I had to find a agent that I trusted or that I could mentor that would take over my business. Mm-hmm. And I um, had not only an agent that I found, and she was actually newer in the business, but we had a lot of the same similarities as far as our principles. And um, I just trained her and I mentored her and had her, you know, take over my business with a uh, some part-time administrative support because I was doing a lot of production at the time mm-hmm. and, um, and then continue to help her, help, help her build that business. Um, once I got that sort of taken care of, then you know, recruiting just solves every problem in your office. So got very focused on the on the recruiting. And um, and then, you know, and then we needed to increase the production level of the agents we were recruiting. So we were bringing them in. And now it's like, okay, whether they're I mean, many of them were co-brokes, but we did have new agents as well. How do we take their business to the next level? So the profit comes and I don't have to have you know, as much focus on my, uh, on my, you know, real estate practice for that, for that residual income um, or passive income. And, um, and I would say find a mentor or a coach or somebody who has successfully done that and pick their brain, ask them if you can call them once in a while to ask them questions, follow their lead I think that people are really happy to share their successes, their success story with you and to tell, tell you how they did it. Um, so that would be my advice to transition into. Yeah. 
Well, uh, thank you for sharing how you did it. I, I, you, uh, you make it sound easy, so, so, but I know that there's a lot of talent that underlines that, and, uh, and I'm sure it wasn't easy at the time, and, and, uh, and it's amazing just to hear how you did it, because I think there's a lot of up-and-coming uh, managers and, and entrepreneurs and agents who, uh, who are going to hear this and say, hey, uh, Lori did it. I think I can do it, too. So, so uh, thanks for so much uh, for sharing that, and, and thank you for joining us and just uh, is telling us your story and sharing the amazing details of the work that you do. And now for those of you that are doing the hard work of recruiting every day, take what you learn and go make a difference.